Wow. Did you have a jubilant jubilee, Victoria? I was jubilious. Are you, are you a loyal subject? <laughs> um, uh, I'm a bit of a loyal object, I'd say. You're a, you, you are a, a new Elizabethan. Or you are an Elizabethan, at least. I'm not, not so new anymore. Are you an old Elizabethan? I'm, well, we're all Elizabethans, aren't we? We're all, we're all Elizabethans now. That's it. God save the but Queen, here's a, Ando. Okay, so here's a question for you. I mean, not that we wish this at all, but when the Queen does cark it and Charles becomes king, what are we then? Are we Carlovians? Are oh, we I Charlies? Said, are we all Charlies? Sh- <laughs> we're Charlemains. <laughs> I'll be a total Charlie then. We'll be a nation <laughs> of complete Charlies. <laughs> Because you've got like, you know, Edwardians, Georgians, Victorians. Is there any way he can hand over to William? No, he has to be king. I mean, it, what's the point? What, what what do you gain by that? You swap one sort of... We could all be Willies then. I like Charles. What's Charles done wrong? All Poor old Charles. I mean, poor oh. fucking Charles. All he's okay. spent his entire life doing is waiting for a job that the only way he gets is when his mum dies. Poor fucking Charles doesn't actually have to do that much for an awful lot of Wonga. Anyway, you no, completely sure, that goes missed... For that goes for William 2. William 2? I think no, he'd, he'd be William, William 3. He'd be William 5. 16. Would William he be Will I Am Not? So what would we be? We'd be Williamites, would we? Would we be Williamites? Okay, you missed the goal that I set up for you, that we could all be Willies. Sounds a bit rude. And he'd be the biggest Willie of all. (laughs) He'd be the biggest Willie of all. (laughs) So good you said it twice. I know. You know I do that. I love to say things twice when I'm quite pleased with them. Who doesn't? But who doesn't do that? That's just natural. Oh, I do. I have to remind you because you just talk through my quips and then you have to flesh them out and they all get really like no one's, everyone's hating them even more than they did the first time. Anyway. Explain it. Come on. So how jubilant was your jubilee? Did you have a street party? Did you dress your daughter in some kind of regal outfit involving some kind of massive cardboard crown that had been fabricated? Absolutely soddle royal stuff because I was working. Actually, no, I didn't. I went and I went to a crown making workshop with my five-year-old. A crown making workshop. Crown. <laughs> hey, is there a fear of crowns? Like, there's that fear of clowns, isn't there? That sort of insane fear of clowns. I've got is there the also fear, a fear of, clowns. of clowns. Have you? Mm. Why are you frightened of clowns? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so why are you doing a podcast with me? You must be terrified every minute. <laughs> because you're not a very funny one. I, I, I frequently get called a clown on Twitter when I say something that people don't like. But now it's interesting. When somebody doesn't like what you're saying, they don't kind of make a counterpoint. They just call you a clown and then ignore you because they don't Do like Do you it. ever issue any tweets which don't contain the word, the F-bomb? Rarely. I mean, I, I, try to, I try to bomb the F-bomb as often as I can bomb the F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> with a plum. Fuck you, podcast. <laughs> did you enjoy the jubilant? What did you do? I, I mean, I did literally nothing. I don't care at all about it. I did quite. I did watch the. Um, I actually mainly spent the uh, the weekend watching the cricket, and enjoying England's victory in the Test against New Zealand. But oh, I yes. did. Um, I did watch the concert that I thought was really good. I was. I was lavishly entertained. I, I thought only that saw the um, stills from it because I was sleeping. I mean, so, some of the singing was a bit ropey, but I thought the inter- yeah, in terms of production. I mean, you you'll know that mixing and creating good quality sound for an event like that, we've got two separate stages, it's all outdoors, you're projecting images onto the back of Buckingham Palace, you're trying to sync the images with the sound. Doing all that is no mean feat, and it was done brilliantly. I was really impressed with the actual production. I mean, some of the artists were a bit on the ropey side, but some were really good as well. So, you know, It was 18 could... months in the planning, apparently, all of that. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, I, that doesn't surprise me, but the planning obviously paid off. It worked. Yeah, seems what to you, have. Did I you watch the... it or you... No, I caught the, the next day news coverage because I was uh, sleeping and doing other stuff. Uh-huh. So, well, I mean, you probably saw all you needed to see then. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I... I was on shift in a newsroom at the time oh, the Queen right. came out. And actually, <laughs> I your... have to say, that was a moment, whether you're, you know, into the Queen or not, everyone was gathered around sky news really excited and running around because it was like oh all the programs had to be sort of cut into to announce that the queen had turned up it was quite 
exciting. This little old lady caused all that hassle. Can I say that no one's into the Queen since the Duke of Edinburgh died? <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> That's a very good point. That is a very good point. Goodness me, laissez majesté or what? <laughs> oh, do you think she's gone the other way? No, I don't uh, not, no. not, les- not Lesie Majesty. Not Lesie Majesty, you idiot. <laughs> Lesie Majesty. She's gone the other way. <laughs> Do you think she's batting for the other team? <laughs> Imagine. Queen comes roaring lesbian. <laughs> Queen Sapphus. <laughs> That'll give her something to do with her... What's that thing that she holds? I, I can never get it right. Is it a spectre or a scepter? A scepter. It's a scepter. What's a spectre then? A ghost? Yeah, a spectre is kind of like a ghost or a, a vision um, or a... So do you um, think that her vibrator would be a scepter? Like um, 10 speed scepter? I expect so. I expect that's exactly what it's like with a massive ball on the top and a cross. <laughs> That'll make you feel like a queen. That'll make her eyes sting a bit. <laughs> Hang on. How did but we she get has, that? She has a scepter and she also has like a ball with a cross on it, doesn't she? What's that called? Maybe she goes, Can you pass me the ball with a cross on it? Yeah, can you pass me the ball with a cross on it? <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously called some. Oh, isn't it? Doesn't it symbolise the world? Does it? Oh, I don't, I don't... know. Maybe, it's... Maybe she goes, Pass me the globey. Crossy thing. I think the ball with the cross on is the way to go. What the did the people's crosses in Blackadder say on them? Or what did they were they the Puritans? The Puritans, what Lady Whiteadder? In <laughs> with a in horrible histories, <laughs> they do historical wife swap on horrible yeah. histories, and they go to the Purit- Puritans, <laughs> and then they come out of another age. So they're like, oh, so who would like some mead? And they go, <laughs> drinking is sinful. <laughs> <laughs> like, would you like to talk? Enjoying yourself is sinful. <laughs> would you like to sit down only on a spike? Nathaniel <laughs> sits on a spike at home. They were like, oh, I love your baby. What's she called? And it was like, pure died on the cross for our sins, Agatha, and things like that. They had names like that in that era. <laughs> Wow. And then they showed them at a party and they were just like a really droopy face, like sitting in the corner, dancing is sinful. <laughs> <laughs> but talking of all that stuff, why is it then that um, if they were giving their kids all those very, very ultra-religious names, why is it that only in Brazil do boys get called Jesus? You'd have thought the Puritans would be all over that. Every it's Puritan not just Brazil, it's the whole Jesus. of the Latin world, Jesus. Jesus is big there. I once not... taught a, uh, um, what do you call it? Like a cardio uh, specialist, like a, a Heart consultant yeah, okay. or something. And uh, he was called Jesus. And okay. so when they'd come round from operations, he'd be like, hello, I'm Jesus. <laughs> <They'd be> like, <laughs> Did I make it or not? <laughs> Jesus saves. <laughs> Especially in a hospital room where it's all white. The heart disease scores on the rebound. You know, it's all right. You're alive. Yes. <laughs> don't don't go towards the white light. Yeah, but that's what Jesus told me to do. No, this is a different Jesus. Ignore him. <laughs> but, but you're right, but your so heart's into God, mm. Why were they not calling their kids Jesus? Was it was that some kind of blasphemy to actually call your kid Jesus? Is it? There can oh yeah, be only yeah, one it Jesus. is blasphemy. It's taking the Lord's name in vain, isn't it? But it's not, it's not if you're taking it in vain. If you're naming your child, that's hardly taking it in vain. That's putting it to very good use, I'd have thought. Why do you want the Puritans to call their children Jesus? I don't particularly want them. I don't care what the Puritans did. I think it was more about the virtues. Like, there was quite a lot of them called silence and stuff like that. But, of course, Puritan. a lot of Puritans are the ones who actually originally colonised the United States. The Pilgrim Fathers were all Puritans, weren't they? Colonised. Um, what? Colonised. 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 <laughs> they, they were the ones who colonised the United States and... Oh, so they? I mean, I think a lot. Of, I get the sense that a lot of the um, sort of more fundamental American sort of, you know, religious God-bothering rites is sort of almost like directly descended from Puritanism. But if everything's so sinful, they were clearly poking to be procreating. Yeah, I mean, I think I think How come that's not of, sinful then. Well, no, but that's the point, isn't it? The act of procreation, producing offspring, is not at all sinful. It's enjoying it that's sinful. You should sort of just just endure it, which is why you're supposed to, you know, just cut a hole in a sheet. So, oh, so well, most women should be off the hook then. <laughs> so you don't get any unseemly thoughts. Whatever they are. <laughs> but a man has to enjoy it to be able to 
not spunk up and uh, and create a babe. To 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 be able to do what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does a man have to enjoy to be able to do? I said spunk up, didn't you? Did you say spunk up? <laughs> <laughs> Coffee's filthy yogurt. <laughs> Park in the garage. Paint, paint the town white. <laughs> yeah. But that's pretty, he has to at least be thinking something. Or, well, maybe he gets off on thinking awful things, <laughs> which is even weirder. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know what path you're going down, <laughs> but I'm right beside you. <laughs> what a, talking of painting, how did the, we get here? Talking mm. of painting the town white, isn't it? Is it a coincidence that Elizabeth the First is always pictured with a very white face? Oh, didn't they all get lead poisoning for whatever they? they I think they probably did. Um, I'm Victoria Mitzi. I'm a journalist and a podcaster and a M-O-M. What's M-O-M? Oh, mom. Okay. You know, you, uh, you are a journalist as well, aren't you? You're a journalist again. You are I'm a, a journalist, journalist again. again. But I was you've always a, a journalist. Yeah, but you've got a gig now, haven't you? Yes, I'm sort of gigging amongst other things. Yes. You're putting it on wax. It's the new style. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so a phrase from my youth in the Beast. Radio is I'm... sinful. I'm I'm very old. I'm I'm a former I'm a I'm a former has been. I'm not, I don't think I'm even a has been anymore. I'm a former has been. How about a bean? Um, You're a bean. <laughs> a bald a ben bean. bean. I'm a Ben Bean. I'm a, I'm a Ben. Uh, I'm Ben. He's Ando. Bean Ando. <laughs> BBC News correspondent, and now yeah, just doing this and and enjoying it and thrilled, thrilled to be here. <laughs> Gee, I was thinking about you and I was thinking about all the running around I've do. been you always doing. Do. No, I was thinking about all the running around you used to do. Do you not miss, yeah, do you not miss your lifestyle? Okay, good question. Um, there, are, there are bits of it I do miss. I miss actually sitting down and writing a script and creating a package. I used to really enjoy doing that. Um, I miss people like I used to work with, like producers, camera crews, uh, satellite operators and that kind of Priscilla. stuff. Priscilla. You know, Priscilla, of course, I miss Priscilla. Who's coming queen, up? Queen instantly. of the courts. <laughs> yeah, and I miss sort of you know wandering around talking about how great I am. But on the other hand, I have quite a fun lifestyle now. I do what I like to do. I, I go to places and do sort of stuff that I'm interested in. Like I was down in a, a quarry in Somerset a couple of weeks ago, really enjoying that because that that interests me. And I've, and I've got a much what more. What are you doing in a quarry? Sorry. What were you doing in a quarry? Well, researching a, a, a project a project that we're we're working on. But when but you research, really... like, are you actually like chipping away at stuff? And no, no, no. Well, uh, we were adjacent to the quarry, actually measuring some of the vehicles that are at the quarry oh. specifically. Oh. But we're gonna go. To, we're gonna go down again and maybe fly our little drone and make maybe make a little video explaining why we're there and stuff. I think it'll so, be really cool. Let me get this right. The boys are all down the quarry measuring their vehicles. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yes, and they're they're looking at the color of the vehicles. <laughs> and they're checking all the details of the vehicles and that, that reminds they're, and they're recording of... they're recording the sound the vehicles make that reminds me of russell brand's willy chart okay cool and what's the russell brand willy chart i've not heard this one on his radio 2 radio show he said that willies change color with age and he got his dad on the line and made him measure on one of those colour charts what colour his willy was. And then he was like, I'm more of a like sort of mixed flesh magenta. What are you, dad? And he was like, I'm a brick or something like that. That's Russell Brand's willy chart. Oh, that's quite interesting. I mean, it's a bit like when you see those charts of sort of what colour do you like your cup of tea to be? And I'm always, I like them, my cup of tea to be the colour of American tan tights. Or, you know, how do you like your toast to be? And I like my toast to be quite underdone, whereas, you know, my do daughter you? likes it to be literally black. I like it to be like that too. I love a carcinogen. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because the, the, the more toasty it is, the, the more cancer inducing it is. Is that right? Yeah. You like, you like your toast to be very black. <laughs> actually that brings me on to um my sister said that paddington was uh she thought it was ironic paddington was in, it was used in the jubilee celebrations because he was what, just the type of yeah just the type that everyone wanted to ship off to rwanda and then yeah. the terminator pointed out that actually 
he's he's not the right he's not the type because he's white and i was like no paddington's brown yeah i it's a, i mean in terms in the context of bears he is quite a pale bear i mean he's not a polar bear but he's oh, not exactly a, as I dark he as was a like grizzly. a tan tight tea color yeah but what what kind of real bear is that color he's not a real bear that is extremely rude no bear. i know he's not that's what i'm saying <laughs> That's exactly. I'm the sorry point. to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if it, yeah. to be fair, if a real talking bear did arrive from Peru, I suspect he'd be quite high on the list of ones we'd keep and not send to Rwanda. You're like, oh, quick, get the talking bear on telly. Wouldn't that Let's be see great? See his marmalade sandwiches. I quite like talking animals. Quite maybe tonight. let him maybe buy him a new duffel coat or something. Um, he's got a fur coat. Why do you need a duffel coat? I mean, you know, he wants to the more you in. think about Paddington, the more there are inconsistencies. But you are kind of killing the fun. You are killing the fun. That's what you're trying to do. Um, what have we got coming up? What we've got coming up is um, except perhaps Priscilla. a new a new PM. We've got uh, we've got more Priscilla, and we've got um, a little bit more chat about um, the, the the finale, if indeed it is the finale of um, Amber Turd and Johnny Depp. Well, should we go to? Priscilla Part de. Here she is, everybody. It's Priscilla Coleman, the UK's number one courtroom artist with a great accent. Hold on to your hats. Priscilla, so in, when you were approaching this one, because you will have known of all the interest in it and you will have known perhaps more than a lot of the, 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 the stories of, that you'd have covered and the drawings you'd have done, that people will have a very strong idea of what Rebecca Vardy looks like what Colleen Rooney looks like, what Wayne Rooney looks like, and what Jamie Vardy looks like. Did you feel more pressure to make the drawings accurate, or is that just something that kind of washes off you like water off a duck's back? No, I felt pressure, but I had to uh, just forget about it and kind of put it out of my mind. It's sort of like when you're in a, a Starship Enterprise and the Klingons are throwing meteorites at your head, and, <laughs> or your spaceship. And the spaceship is your brain and it's uh -huh. some of it sticks and some of it bounces off and you can't let it really hit you too hard. It can hit you later maybe, but at the time you've just got to work. Mm. Yeah. You just got to do it. Haven't you just got to get yeah, on. You gotta do it. Mm. Uh, and cause if you do have interruptions or you're, or you're getting lots of phone calls while you're trying to work or, or something like that. But from podcasters asking you to come on their show. <laughs> oh, God, guys. <laughs> no, it's fun. No, Just it's, divert, it, Priscilla. Yeah, you, divert. You, work, you work too much on one area of the drawing and it completely screw it up. Like I, I this drawing, this bit of uh, Colleen Rooney, I had her in a different position, really. And then I've completely covered it up and changed it because... I didn't like the way it was going because I was getting all bogged down and laboring over it. And I thought, stop, I've just got to start over. I scraped it off and just put a new face on. And then Rebecca, Rebecca? Barr grabbing her uh, husband's arm. That was, that's what's an important part that we thought we we're going to talk about. Mm. So yeah, it's, uh, it's something else. <laughs> Why Is did there, she I mean, grab it, his arm? She was, she was, they were both, uh, she and her husband, uh, Jamie Vardy were both upset about Wayne Rooney saying that he was instructed to tell uh, Rebecca Vardy, tell your wife, stop being so heavily involved in in the football team and because she was becoming part of the team, something like that. Wasn't it? She and was... Didn't, didn't Wayne Rooney wasn't because Wayne Rooney, Rooney I think was a captain and he was asked to speak a, to Jamie Vardy about Rebecca yeah. having too much contact with the papers and stuff yes too much when they were all playing the a tournament yeah and ringing her husband too much when they were playing pool or table mm. tennis or something uh I think he said she was almost part of the team okay well I thought I'd be quite nice so, yeah well why not <laughs> And on the right wing, we've got Rebecca Vardy and the centre. We've got She's Jamie. She's trying Vardy. to get into the bath again. Quick one, two. What? <laughs> Rebecca's caught Jamie offside. Oh, God. <laughs> like, well, Colleen, Colleen's caught Wayne offside a couple of times. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. See, there. He can never live that down, poor guy. I know. Yep. Did no. they say anything they about that? Oh, it's not no. relevant, is it? Well, no, it 
It was mentioned, yes. <laughs> it was mentioned. Brilliant. Was it in the context of the strain on their marriage? Yes, because obviously that was one of the things and they had to talk about it too because that was, I think when Colleen was in the States, that's when it, I think, was that when it came out and she was in the States? Yeah, that sounds familiar for us. Yeah, that I think. sounds yeah. familiar. So yes, that they went into that in pretty pretty good detail too, and he sat through that. He was he just listened. He's he probably heard it a million times before. Was he always wearing <laughs> that button up raincoat? That we he was seen? cold. He was cold in court. It was cold in the court. You wouldn't imagine it was really. It was a bit unfortunate. The rain. It was nippy. Well, they said it was on, nippy. <laughs> they said on Have I Got News For You and the caretaker turned up and they showed a photo <laughs> yeah. of Wayne Rooney. Oh. <laughs> I thought that's an expensive coat for a caretaker. <laughs> well, I think actually he was uh, having a bit of hay fever problem because of all the pollen. Because uh -huh. quite often he, uh, you know, put his hands and the hold between his eyes like this or he'd his nose like that and his face did look quite pink and, i used to pinch uh, the top of my nose to try and stay awake sometimes in court that might have been it too and he, <laughs> and he cracked his knuckles because i think he was kind of bored uh -huh. and he'd look up at the clock and oh how much time is it now until lunch <laughs> you know he probably thought it was a bit like I being had... back at school or something yeah so looking at the clock and wondering when the lesson's gonna end <laughs> Exactly. And he can go outside and play football. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a spud like face that. nipper. <laughs> exactly. So, like out that. of those people, out of the main people in this case, uh, Priscilla, Jamie, mm -hmm. um, Wayne, and Rebecca and Colleen, did you have a favourite when it came to actually doing a drawing? Was there one face that you found you just really thought that's a good face to draw? Oh, well, yeah, Wayne Rooney. Oh, okay. Think. Yeah. Yeah, his face was easy for me I didn't struggle with his face he it just sort of I caught it really he's got a very strong features and the shape to his head is very unique and different um and I it's like I a potato <laughs> he's got a head <laughs> like a potato, potato. <laughs> he's more like a monumental sculpture really <laughs> like one of the ones you on know? Easter Island those giant heads on Easter Island <laughs> He has got a funny yeah, shaped head. Nice. You're being too nice, but it is. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, and, and he's got that beard too, which makes it a little yeah. easy. And you've got your beard. You've yeah. been cutting your beard. Every, anything I you face structure when it starts to sag and you get a bit jowly. Oh. <laughs> can hide a million <laughs> sins. Oh. As I haven't got Colleen Rooney's um, facial sort of skincare regime going on. <laughs> I didn't recognize no. the women in uh, from formerly who I knew to be Colleen Rooney. I found and Rebecca oh. Vardy's face has slightly changed. And I I suspect it's to do mm. with the cosmetic procedures, which lots of young women are having now. Oh, do you yes. find that makes them harder to draw. I mean, I don't know if you notice it, but I, I thought Colleen was unrecognizable from before. Well, I don't know. I guess I've seen so many pictures of her late, you know, just before mm. this happened. I, I suppose she has a very unique nose and she has, it, it goes yes. out and tilts down, but it also tilts up kind of like a, an elf with a, you know, it's more sharp, crisp features, not all soft and rounded. So between the two, she's got the sharp, crispy look and um, Rebecca Vardy has all the lush and she probably has more lush lips and probably more enhanced lips between the two women. Uh, but there are great curves to try and catch. And those really stick in my mind, all those curves. Uh, and Colleen, I didn't show it in this sketch, but I think I did it in one of my other ones, that she has these quite um, dimples uh, in her cheeks, really cute. And, you know, when she's talking, she's pretty happy when she was in the witness box. She was laughing and kind of, um, I, can find one that, I really liked it, the way she was. Um, oh, gosh. Well, here's, <laughs> I did so many in this thing. <laughs> she was, oh, 
do you think that Colleen yes. comes off better in your drawings? You can <laughs> tell that she looks, she looks, um, yes, sort of prettier, even though I don't think that's the case. Well, is she younger? She kind of looks a little younger. I, but I don't even remember what ages are. She's they? 36. Okay. Um, Colleen like is. 16. And yeah, they're both, oh, hang on, no, the other one is. Oh, there's a lot of this kind of stuff going on. Um, uh, well, she sort of bounces in the court too, like, okay, I'm oh here goodness. for the game. Rebecca Vardy is 40. Oh, okay. I thought oh. they were younger than that. Okay, well, well, um, Colleen definitely looks younger, younger than that. She looks like a little kid. Um, <laughs> But they both look really good. They didn't, neither one of them look bad. I mean, you wouldn't say, well, oh. For all the stress at the moment, I think they've had some nice holidays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, good for them. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I wonder, though, who's going to make the made-for-TV movie? I mean, will they produce it themselves? Will each team have their version of what happened? Uh, because either, either one who makes their own version of this story um, they could they could probably make a lot of money just from saying this is my as they say nowadays my truth <laughs> i i don't know but i suppose that would uh, draw a lot of that would make them a lot of money wouldn't it wouldn't it? I, they might they might I have don't... to make the money back somehow it's they're estimating it's yeah. gonna cost four million pounds this case I mean, I'm, I'm interested, actually. Obviously, you know, we do understand that the way that the civil system works and you have to pay lawyers, usually it's, it is often the playground of the rich to go to court over things like this. And most of us could never dream of spending mm -hmm. that kind of money on a, on a, on a court case. Um, but I wonder, from what you've told us, Priscilla, about how clearly Rebecca Vardy found the ordeal perhaps harder than Colleen Rooney did, and it was Rebecca Vardy who brought this case. Do you think this might put a few of these very rich people off for jumping to the courts at the first sign of trouble? Well, yeah, well, yes, it probably would. They probably use that as an, ex an example to remind themselves what can happen to you when you go into court, because you don't always even know that the questions that are kind of come out things you would never dream of. Um, George Carman used to do that in court all the time. He'd pull a rabbit out of his hat yeah. and say, ah, oh, you had these photographs done. And then the photographer stayed a bit longer. And what other photographs did he do, Miss So-and-so? Yeah. Oh, here's one of, do you remember this one of you and your lacy leotard sitting on the astride the rocking horse? And she'd go, what? <laughs> go, oh no oh. oh those were for publicity george oh. carman's lacy leotard revelation in court. oh boy oh boy it's like <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be out the lacy leotard at all it was supposed to be out these other photographs so, <laughs> and jillian Telford. oh mm. all of a sudden here's a video and she's got a sausage and everything's going to hell in a handbag she's and found he, a sausage what in, oh, in, remember in that, greg knight's uh, lap <laughs> yeah. Oh, you naughty boy! Wasn't yes. she massaging this his stomach supposedly? Oh, yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> that was hilarious. That that's case, what wasn't she it? Said. <laughs> wow! But then that was another George Carmen surprise court case. <laughs> what? Like, Gillian Telford's sausage. <laughs> well, well, that that I don't think Gillian Telford knew he was going to come up with that. And there used to be a guy named Benny the Bin Man who used to go. Oh no, Jeremy bins. Pell and uh, Pell, wasn't it? Benjamin Pell. Benjamin Pell, yes. Yeah. And he sold a lot of his fantastic discoveries to newspapers, didn't mm. he? Yeah, he and, did. And it could be uh I wonder if some of the lawyers were clients of his. I wonder. Elton John used to be kind of plagued by that sort of thing. I think. Mm. Benny the well, Elton John did a lot of that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah All the stuff yeah. about flowers, flower receipts and things, and you know how thousands of pounds are spent on flowers all the time and so on. Yeah, very yeah. difficult. Anyway, but look, Priscilla, um, this has been fantastic to talk to you. Has. Now, what I want to ask you is, what else have you been working on? Anything? Thank you, Ben. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> oh, we're going to be working on something. We're going to try and work on something to animate my court sketches. Oh, cool. From 
from all the sketches that I've done from certain court cases, and I don't know how far back we're going to reach, but um, there's I'm, a, a graphics guy rang me today and said, hey, he wants to try this thing. And I think it's kind of a good idea because there's a lot less movement in television news now. In fact, it looks quite static. It's usually just people sitting around the newsreader desk talking mm -hmm. to each other. They've gotten rid of a lot of the camera people now and it's more like people telling each other what happened which isn't very visual and it's kind of a waste of television time yeah well, I hope, that's really interesting I hope, yeah i hope they'll get to do something like that that'd be fun it'd be fun to work with you on something you'll have <laughs> we'll, to think of a project we'll have to think of something that you can yeah we'll get it we'll yeah. get it moving <laughs> it every sense. make a ben bot the ben bot <laughs> 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 oh, just God. get him to say innuendos every now and then a Priscilla android and a ben god you're good at that and yo boy you've got a funny collection you really do <laughs> <laughs> oh dear fantastic well, yeah well look priscilla thanks very much for talking to us again it's been fantastic and well, i look forward to seeing you at some point in real life now we can and yeah, things are getting back to normal and um yeah thanks for joining us and telling us all of the secrets of wagatha christie <laughs> thank oh, you it's sure. been brilliant thanks, thank you all <laughs> okay she was brilliant wasn't she she is brilliant even though i'm the third wheel you were the third wheel. I know that you, you think that. Is that because you always want it to be all about you? Well, I think the point of this podcast is that we both want it to be all about us. <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> Have you missed the point again? Along with thinking Paddington's real. So, moving on then, what about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? There you go. What about Amber 2, as in T double O? Okay, so what what about Amber Two? I mean, what do you think? So she she seems to pretty much have lost this case here, and Johnny has won. And Johnny was apparently playing rock concerts in the northeast of England. Oh, yeah. um, He'd be turning I... up at a chippy in Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what do we think? I mean, do you think that was a fair result? Well, I I have been quite influenced by the Me Too movement, who say it's a crushing loss for them, and then of course you know to say what it kind of what it means for victims world over because personally i thought they were both culpable and i don't think that it on that count that perhaps he should have won it was all a farce it was all farcical anyway you know the only reason they were there was because they had have too much money which she's now saying she can't pay yeah that's right but i mean i think that um the issue is that you know, on one hand, any defeat of a an alleged domestic abuse victim is seen by the the Me Too campaigners, if you want to call them that for the sake of a better a better description, as being something that, you know, is bad for their movement. But I'm not necessarily sure that's the case. I mean, I think the reality is that you can talk about, you know, various crimes, whether it's domestic abuse, whether it's rape, whether it's um, anything really. And, and sort of like talk about them in the round. But at the end of it, every single case is an individual case. And this is what the courts are set up to deal with, which is why you have a jury who sit in, listen to all the evidence, and then are given really clear instructions from a judge that they should only make their decision based on what they've heard in court that relates to that case. And so realistically, I think what this shows is that in this particular instance, a jury having listened to um, her evidence and mm. the evidence of her supporters and his evidence and the evidence of his supporters decided that on the balance, um, they thought he was more credible than her. It doesn't mean that all domestic abuse accusers are making it up. It doesn't mean that even, you know, only any more than a well, tiny Well, of course, that's minority. how people are going to take it, aren't they? That's But that's people's problem. That's that's the fault of people. That's anybody who says, oh, this means that other domestic abuse survivors won't come forward. They might not come forward because going to court is a gruelling thing. But it's always a grueling thing. That's something that you can't really help. But they shouldn't go forward because they shouldn't say just because Amber Heard didn't get, in her view, justice, then I won't get justice. Because, you know, the jury in any case should listen to the individual circumstance of that case. Just because you love a jury and you're not a lady. 
No, I mean, I, you I can think, think I like think... that. But most women, and yeah. I think it is a gender-specific thing here. Yeah, yeah sure, think, I agree with that. Do I want to be vilified? That's what's pushed me towards me too. You know, she's really had a trial by media, hasn't but, she? But there isn't really... I mean, what is the mechanism for somebody who is accused of an unpleasant crime to get a fair hearing that doesn't involve the accuser being challenged about what they're saying? You know, if you if you say we can't possibly, I mean, you know, going to court is a grueling experience. It is difficult. You have, you know, barristers who, by and large, are very intelligent people doing their best to catch you out, to make you look unreliable or shifty or dishonest. And you have to be ready for that. And I'm, you know, what what would be the alternative? You can't just have accusers saying something and then um, the the accused simply being sentenced on the basis of one word without anybody um, doing anything to analyse. Um, or interrogate the accusation, that would be completely unfair and unreasonable. Well, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't then, I suppose. I mean, what made this worse is, of course, they're both very high-profile people who, well, certainly before it started, had an awful lot of money. And this, remember, was a civil action. This wasn't actually a criminal trial. This was a civil action brought about because she chose not to go to the police and actually make an allegation, a criminal allegation, that he abused her. She sort of hinted at it in an article that she wrote and um, without being specific. Um, and so this was a, an action for liable. What, what was at stake here was did she libel him by suggesting he was a domestic abuser without actually having, you know, seen him convicted of that? Yes, she did, is what the jury found. They, 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 nothing in this case suggests either that she was or wasn't domestically abused what it does say is that she didn't go to the police and actually do what i think most people say domestic victims ideally would do which is actually go to the police so that they can investigate properly allegations against them she just sort of did it in a, a you know impossible arguably a slightly underhand way in a, a publication and he sued her for libel because he said she had there was no there was no there was no proof that he was a domestic abuser do you think she Brought the action thinking that everybody would side with her because she was a woman and see her as the victim. Well, I mean, he brought the action because she she wrote the article. I think oh, I'll when, get confused now because so many yeah, people have brought exactly cases. everybody's suing everybody. Um, I, I think realistically, she will look back and perhaps think if I, I mean, you know, let, let's just say she's telling the truth. Let's say that he was abusive, just for the sake of this discussion. She will think what she should have done, and and perhaps this is actually the right message of what other domestic violence victims will think. What they should have done is not kind of go around just making allegations without you know actually doing anything about it. She should have just gone to the police, said this has happened, this man has abused me, this is this is, and he you know maybe take whatever evidence she has, try to collect some evidence. You know if she if she is say. If she suffers an injury at the hands of abuse, then take some photographs of it so she's got some evidence to show people later. And if she'd gone to the police first and he had then been accused of abuse and then either tried or convicted on the basis of her accusations, that would have been a very different case to what we had. Well, I think you're saying you're saying it all quite rationally, but I think in their kind of fucked up, like they they are you know well known for their substance abuse issues and their tumultuous relationship and so on so i think their world is very different and i think it could have been why wouldn't she have done that she wouldn't have gone to the police because she wanted to try him by media and get public opinion on her side i, I can imagine if you're an actor you think differently don't you for sure and, and there are all sorts of very good points to be made around that and some of which which you, you've made there <laughs> that's such a curse <laughs> oh your point is good no 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 no. there are some point good points to be made around what you're saying no i'm saying that you've made some good points i'm very clear on that you've made some good points but that doesn't change the fact that how the law works is that somebody who has been the victim of crime should go to the police report that they have been a victim of crime the police would investigate those allegations and then potentially make an arrest so that somebody is then charged with the crime and brought to trial um if you say you've been a victim of crime in, in the press and make it very clear, even without naming them, who you're talking about, then unless you've got very strong proof, which really she didn't have, then you are opening yourself up to being um, sued for libel. Because, you know, anybody saying that person domestically abused me is quite clearly uh, committing libel, unless it's true. And she clearly, whatever else happened here, 
Unless she they're wasn't dead. Able to, pardon? Unless they're dead. Well, unless they're dead, yeah. But whatever happened, else happened here, for, uh, she wasn't able to make a jury believe that her allegations were genuinely true. They might have been, they might not have been, but she wasn't able to convince them they, that they were true. And that was the big problem she had. Order in the court. But I think that the media have got a lot to do with that because she was really portrayed as a bleating, whiny, you know, all the pictures of her face were kind of really contorted and stuff. It was... Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you if you wanted to judge performances, I think his performance in court was better. He didn't come across as whiny and, and as all the things you just said. He came across as somebody who, I suppose, had a sort of faint air of detachment about this whole thing, about like he was kind of incredulous that it got there, but he respected the court and would go go with the process. And I think that's what people picked up on. But all of that doesn't matter. The trial by media thing is irrelevant unless unless members of the jury were, were constantly going onto social media and allowing themselves to be influenced by that, which the oh, judge obvs. will have told them they really shouldn't do. But you can't hide from stuff. I mean, you'll be walking down the street and you'll see a TV in a window showing, you know, or front of a paper at a petrol station and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Nobody is saying that it's, as a juror, it's impossible. It's possible for you to be kind of completely hidden away from the world. And actually, you shouldn't be because, you know, you're supposed to be a normal member of society. But imagine you were a juror on this case, right? You heard all the evidence. If the evidence had been compelling that she had been domestically abused by him, and, and none of us sat through every single bit of evidence, did we? Mm. But if, if as a jury you had sat through all that evidence and the evidence had been compelling that she had been a victim of domestic abuse and therefore she wasn't libeling him, I'm sure that's what you would have found. You wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, but I saw on Twitter that you know, Karen in Boston said such and such, therefore, huh. and she's a big Johnny Depp fan, so Johnny Depp must be great, would you? Mm, you wouldn't but if you're like oh my god every time I see Johnny Depp like he looks really smiley and everyone's kind of I do think and they were all shouting I love you and everything and the the majority's opinion is that he's a nice guy and then he turns up in court that day and he makes a joke on the final day you know then then I think it does sway your judgment I think but but, that's the point of juries as well yeah for sure but that's what's happening in court and if you were to say you know, you know, when when the jury goes back to their room and they take a straw puzzle, what are we thinking here? And somebody says, well, I think it sounds like he was really, um, he, he probably did do this, but he's such a nice guy and he made a joke this morning that we should probably find for him. Then the other people on the jury say, well, hold on a second. We're here to, you know, we, we took an oath. We're here to assess this case and merits on his fact, not whether so. you think Joy Depp's a good guy. And in fact, I mean, one issue that I think potentially would have been an issue would be are you a big fan of johnny depp do you think his movies are fantastic and if you say yes i I am a big fan of johnny depp then that could cloud your judgment and it might and i don't know if this happened but it probably should have happened that the jurors should have had to fill in like a um a questionnaire at the start like they did in the jelaine maxwell trial to say whether or not they were you know able to reach a fair verdict despite being you know say swayed by the fact they were fans of johnny depp in the first place I'd just like discussion. to say for our listeners that um, the, woman, the woman, the woman <laughs> that Ben just referred to is actually Jizzy Jizz. Jizzy Jizz. Jizzy Jizz, yes. There's loads of stuff. We've talked, Maxwell. <laughs> We've talked about her a lot in previous episodes. No, I see what you're saying, but that doesn't happen. When I've done jury service, they haven't uh, made me fill out whether I'm a member of the Labour Party or anything. Well, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, ah, but if you were doing jury service on a case that involved a prominent Labour politician, then they probably would. Let's. You're say... so funny. You're so like on the spectrum. Because I'm like Josh about <laughs> something, and then you go into it in detail. You're, Hang on. And you, you start doing a piece to camera. Are you autism shaming me now? <laughs> <laughs> I actually said that flippantly because we joke about it you and i yeah i said it flippantly to someone once and they turned around and they were like i wouldn't joke about something as serious as that oh uh, yeah like, some people have no sense of humor really sorry i i i, I might be an yeah. autist i don't know borderline on the <laughs> spectrum isn't everybody supposed to be on the spectrum somewhere yeah I mean, well the, good... yeah how can you not be in a sort of funny way <laughs> when you do those autism tests it says do you know when it's your turn to speak on the telephone i think they're gonna have to replace that do you know when it's your turn to speak during the podcast <laughs> say no <laughs> oh it's no, so bad it's really bad on zoom isn't it because like there's a slight delay on the sound oh. and you're like uh, uh, interviews on zoom are really quite hideous 
That must make our podcast terrible to listen to, except for your fabulous editing. Well, I can't edit out the bad quality of your broadband. <laughs> my, my narrow band. Broadbando. <laughs> You're very, very happy with that one, aren't you? Yes, after a few <laughs> hours sleep. And I've got a um, dicky ankle. Oh, God. Nobody cares I twisted my ankle. ankle. <laughs> what, walking on the cracks in the pavement again? I just literally went over sideways. But was that when you were you in sensible shoes? I was wearing very sensible shoes because I've had all like, I think it's um, biomechanic problems. Biomechanic problems. Uh, what, you mean you can't walk straight? If I don't do the same activities and the same lifestyle, then my body kind of goes, uh, my ankles are too loose. And then I go over on them. Or if I wear high heels, that's what happens. What, you go over on them in, in, in heels? Sideways, yeah. It's really <laughs> embarrassing because you get caught by people. They're literally, and I was on uh, High Street yeah. and, um, and a guy in a shop was like, oh, darling. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, sorry. And then they think you're drunk as well. It's sort of 11 o'clock in the morning, drunk. You're drunk. <laughs> Shall we get to some... Oh, hang on, was there anything else to do, Ben? I've got a couple of interactions here. Tell us about the interactions. Um, Everybody has decided that Priscilla sounds gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Forget what she says. She sounds gorgeous. No, she is gorgeous. You know, know. yeah. You know, she doesn't know I exist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Aha. How do you think, says Norm, how do you think she manages to remember what Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney look like when all those wags have that ubiquitous Botox look? Nice word, Norm. Um, do you think she just modifies old pictures of Pete Burns? <laughs> yeah. She probably does. <laughs> she spins them right round, right, right round. Oh. <laughs> no, That's um, right, I think, baby. but, but what, what Priscilla does sometimes do, though, is <clears throat> she'll do a drawing in the morning. I've seen her do this. She'll do a drawing in the morning. And it'll have it'll tell a sort of story of of the morning with sort of like say the the prosecutor wagging their finger at somebody in the witness box, and if the story changes in the afternoon <clears throat> and suddenly it's somebody else, she will actually smudge out one face and put a different face on. So you can use parts of the same drawing to tell a different aspect of the story because you have to because you've got so much to do, and to do a, an entirely new drawing if there's not time, if this, say the reporter wants another drawing doing, she might have to do that just to provide enough, you know, um, visual content for whatever the, the reporter wants to say in the evening news piece. So it's not Do you think she puts, like you used to when you were younger, put uh, old heads on baby? What was it? Was it the other way around? You couldn't imagine. Yeah, it was. you couldn't imagine people as babies. So you put like their faces. <laughs> the, 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 their adult head on, a, on the baby body. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. <clears throat> but in terms of what they look like, I mean... I think Priscilla, we asked Priscilla that and she said that she thought that um, Rebecca Vardy had amazing cheekbones and certainly her facial structure oh, was yeah. different to Colleen's. So and she I'm was saying that... one of them had a turned up nose that she admired. Yeah, that was that was um, Rebecca, I think, as well, was it? I can't remember. But I'm guessing that what Priscilla will do, is she'll focus on those differences, the cheekbones, the different n- nose shape, maybe slightly different colour hair. And of course, the clothes they're wearing as well will help. And, mm. you know, she'll make a note of, you know, black T-shirt or white blouse or whatever it is they're wearing. Mm. And, and that's be, that'll be how she'll do it. But, of course, the other thing is that, the, the, you know, the, the, the likenesses are not always perfect. We know that. They're drawn quickly, in a hurry. They're not always perfect likenesses. But then if you're watching the actual piece in the context that it's used with the reporter's voiceover, then it's quite clear it'll be the report, you know, the, the, the picture that Priscilla has drawn will come up and the reporter will be saying, and in the witness box, Colleen Rooney said... And so you know you're looking at Colleen Rooney because you've just been told that. Yeah, and I think that part of what she does is due to the looseness of the sketches and their sort of slight imprecision because it indicates movement and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and tells a story, exactly. So so the camera often will move across the picture to tell the story with, you know, one finger wagging and then somebody else sort of looking shocked or, or whatever it is or holding something up if they've been asked to hold something up in the witness Lots box, of wagging. 
finger wagging, a wagging, a wag wagging her finger. I've also been asked um, yep. by Matt from Kent. Hello, Matt. Um, I want to know where in Kent. Are you a man of Kent? I'm a man of Kent. Yeah, I was born He's in Maidstone. He's a Matt of Kent. Are He's you? A Kent. I was, Were yeah. you born in Maidstone? Yes, I was. Oh. What, you doing? what was your parentese doing there? My dad at the time worked in a, um, a restaurant or a hotel that was owned by a brewery called Eind Coop, who some people may recognise. And they had a place in Maidstone. They moved him down there to sort of sort it out. And then, I mean, we moved around quite a lot when I was a little kid. I've lived in Maidstone. I've lived in Derby. I've lived in Leeds. I've lived in Peterborough, which is a shithole, um, and a variety of places before kind of settling in sort of south South Cambridgeshire. So come on, um, what did Matt want? He wanted a shout out to his. Oh. Hello. Hello. He's calling you now. Okay, carry on. Okay. What did Matt want to know? Uh, he just wants a shout out to his girlfriend Tina because she listens to us whenever she can. There's quite a lot of detail in that, but I don't know if it's very appropriate. <laughs> Which is it's not our kind of inappropriate. It's stuff you're gonna tell me off for broadcast wise. So, so so this is Matt and T this is Matt and Tina. Matt and well, Tina. If they were like Benefer, then they'd be they'd be called Mina or Tat. <laughs> so a big shout out to Tina and Matt or Matina. Well, Matt, why don't you listen? Why is it just Tina who listens? Anyway, thanks for listening, Tina. We like you. We don't like Matt. Because <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> yeah, listen. Tina likes Matt, and that's all that matters to <laughs> Tina likes Matt, that and that's all that matters to Matt. That's all that matters to Matt. <laughs> so, I bet they, yeah. they must get sick of this. They get it all the time, don't they? they? They'll get all those crummy puns all the time. They'll be utterly sick of it. There it's are like, so I mean, many Matts. I'm, I'm, I'm not sick of Can You Hear the Drums, Ben Ando. Can you hear the drums, Ben Ando? But, I mean, I do get it quite a lot. I don't just... get anything like that. I get called Mitzi when people think it's my first name. Mitzi Okay. Which is a bit, it's a bit deflating when you have to let people know it's not your first name. Because oh. they think it's quite jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> is it deflating for you or deflating for them? Uh, I'm permanently deflated. deflated. <laughs> well, I'm inflated in body, deflated in mentally. Well, Although I'm not, anyway, I'm deflated in body now. Thanks to Matt, and um, so so we had thank some, you some interaction. all. Nice. Yes, and um and, and the all. usual people responding. We love your interactions, and we love you listening. And that's it for another okay, week. Bye bye. Oh, another yeah. bye another, week. Another bye week. Another mm. bye week. Bye 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 weeklies. Bye bye.